0: noises. wee
1: Welcome to this first episode of a show we're calling Who is My Doctor? Who is my doctor? I guess we'll find out together. Uh, That's sort of what this show is about, actually. Uh, I have seen most of Doctor Who. It's my favorite show. The only ones I haven't seen are like some classic who and some of the brandest, newest stuff. So I thought that it's my favorite show. And my partner, uh, Cassie here, has never heard, has, has not
0: I have not heard a Doctor Who. (laughs) What's it sound like?
1: (laughs) My name is Zach Hurst. Uh, I will be your host for this show, and I know most things about Doctor Who, Uh, whereas my partner...
0: Cassie Shima. I know nothing.
1: Let's be a little more specific. What do you know about Doctor (laughs) Who, if anything at all?
0: David Tennant. Matt Smith,
1: you a know, scarf. You know that they're in it.
0: <laughs> and a box.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> and the one redhead that uh, was in the office. Yes, I'm blanking. I, I know her Seth, name. Here,
1: now, now we've, I, I, we've I, looped I mean, the podcast I, around I, where I know nothing I, about the office. I can't, I
0: can't, but, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, the the one redhead that I think is in. Uh, it might be with the 12th or the 13th doctor. She's the, like... she's his buddy <laughs> um but
1: well we'll get to that the, yeah the eventually. season
0: uh where where uh steve corral left they brought in a bunch of different like people to come in and kind of like fill in the empty hole and she was one of the people that was
1: interesting because in that's not as
0: as a character
1: okay interesting good to know uh i'm sure we'll look in i'm sure we'll get <laughs> more on that as we get into it get a little it.
0: bit more specific yes um
1: but i realized uh hey I have this interesting idea where I know a lot about something and you know very little, and I'm a thirty-something white guy with a beard, and I don't have a podcast. Mm-hmm. I've got to correct this great injustice in the world, and now we're here for who for this show called "Who Is My Doctor," who which is, is a, my
0: doctor? a statement
1: for me and a question for you. Yep. Uh, so we're going to watch. Uh, we're going to start. We're going to go through every episode of Doctor Who, uh, at least the revived series. We may. Every episode. Uh, yes. That's a uh, lot. It is a lot, and it's that still That is going. at
0: least three bookshelves <laughs> full of DVDs full of episodes. Well,
1: to be clear, I'm talking about the Revive series. I'm not going to make... I'm, we're not going to necessarily watch the classic stuff unless you seem really interested. I don't want... I Like, that is not the place for modern TV watchers to start. It. It's very... There's some very good stuff in there, but it's not necessarily the best introduction for people to have to it (laughs) so we might get to it if you're really interested because it does have a lot of your like favorite 70s cheese to it uh you know it's got guys in rubber suits uh and this like the science and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense
0: no, which uh, uh, which is my favorite cheese. I I think that we'll touch up on it a little later, but uh, yeah, my upbringing is almost exclusively Sid and Marty Croft Saturday morning specials. <laughs> So if it's a man in a suit made out of uh, uh, air conditioning ducts and painted cardboard, and it's supposed to be a robot, that's that's my jam, man.
1: Although that maybe that may be where we start if we go back to the classic Doctor Who episode or classic Doctor Who serial, uh, Robot, which is about a guy dressed up like a robot. Hot diggity dog!
0: <laughs> boy, oh boy, was I not expecting that. <laughs>
1: So we're going to start watching this here. Just to give you an idea of what you might have thought mm-hmm. had you watched this. Yes.
0: Set, set the scene for me. What is the year? So
1: the year is 2005. Fun. Uh, this is like the year the fourth Harry Potter movie came out.
0: Excellent. I believe I was in the fourth grade because I had the fabulous fortune of every Harry Potter movie that came out correlated with the... Uh, grade i was in in school Interesting Yes uh, a fun fact about me
1: <laughs> The show stopped airing in 1989 Okay but the classic show ran unbroken for i th- I believe it was 26 years it may have been it may have been longer um, but it ran until 1989 it dev- it never was officially canceled they just stopped making it partly because the producers at the BBC didn't like the show, but the show was too popular to get rid of.
0: So the, it, it sounds like to me that the BBC just kind of ghosted one of its own shows.
1: Basically, yes. Okay. Um, and the only thing that had happened in the interim between 1989 and 2005, a period of 16 years... Was they would do, and it, like, every year, not I maybe mean, not every year, but every so often they would have some sort of, like, little charity special. Um, sometimes they were comedic. Sometimes they were meant to be, meant to feel like a new episode of the show. Aww. Most of them aren't very good. Uh, and also, for a brief period, they tried to pick up the show here in America and continue okay. it. And that series lasted for exactly one TV movie. <laughs> um,
0: Interesting. But now
1: it's 2005. Yes, And you get to see a new Doctor Who for the first time in 16 years, or in your case, the first time since you've been alive.
0: Yes, this is... uh, I'm willfully choosing to watch this over Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yes, Revenge of the Sith was the same year. Got that right. Heck yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Willfully choosing to watch that over um, Ewan McGregor and... His name isn't Hans Christian Andersen. <laughs> That's an author. <laughs> Hayden Hayden Christensen.
1: Hayden Christensen, yes. Thank you. Again, sixteen-year gap. You don't know anything about Doctor Who other than the fact that it's an old show your parents probably liked. In fact, I would assume your dad would have really liked it. Maybe.
0: My dad was way more into things that had the word star in it, like Star Wars, Stargate, Battle Star Galactica, Star Trek. <laughs> I think that's where the list ends.
1: But otherwise, you don't know anything about the show. You know, like, two of the actors that have been in it... All know.
0: I... Truthfully, truthfully, if, like, a bit jokes out of the room, bits aside, I know that it is, it is immensely popular based off of the number of doctors I see at conventions. Because mm-hmm. for anybody who doesn't know... Back in ye olden times, prior to the year of our Lord twenty twenty, I would go to conventions a lot and cosplay. I once a day, if I was there for three days, at least once a day, I would see a Dalek. That's the robot, right? A Dalek. A Dalek. Is that one of the robots?
1: They're called Daleks, uh, but Dalek and, got it. <laughs> and Dalek is is one of the doctor is one of the monsters in Doctor Who. I can't read your mind and picture if that's the one we're talking about.
0: It's the, like, coppery-looking one that's got a bunch of, like, studs on it. Studs on it? Yeah, it just kind of, like, rolls around and swivels.
1: Let's pin that thought, because um, we're coming up later on an episode called Dalek, and I'll let you describe one to me then. Fabulous.
0: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, at least once a day there is a doctor, and they always have the Doctor Who mystery boxes uh, at those big sands where you pay lots of money and you get crap, uh, but it's fun. And so I know that there is a lot of there's a lot of panache around it, and nobody has ever gate kept it from me, which is fantastic. I just don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was just never something that was really like no.
0: And and I do hope I do hope that that hey, I do hope that that's uh that that does change, and that I do at least gain a little bit of an appreciation for it for sure um i will say though i am going to be a little bit extra skeptical because i think that's funny <laughs> but i'm not i'm not going to like something just because i know that you really like it no, like that's-, that's not that's not my vibe brother that's uh, not what we're about here yeah, in no, this I, podcast.
1: Like, worst case, if you if you end up hating it, we end up having really interesting conversations about it. So we'll see where this goes. And the great thing about it is, even if you end up hating a chunk of it, give it a couple seasons; it's a totally different experience.
0: I, well, yeah, because it's different. It's different people. Yeah, it's different it, people and in different interpretations. different showrunners, different
1: crews, different story. I like guess, like, that's part of why I like it so much is that it. They all feel cohesive without necessarily feeling repetitive.
0: Well, because they're cohesive in the, they all share the same concept. Conceptually, yes. they're all the same, but in execution, every season, every so doctor, speaking every speaking of concept, different. Let's,
1: let's go, let's root that then. What would, you, can you just in like one or two sentences describe for me what you think the central premise of Doctor Who is? Based entirely off of what little cultural osmosis you have been given.
0: Okay, 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 hold on, let me think. Let me ruminate. In a world, much like ours, there is some person, some ball of energy that every so often assumes a human form to come in and take care of the things that are not of this earth world. Period, ding-dong, the end. All
1: right. So you're saying that Doctor Who is this, like, energy source that takes a human form I, and...
0: If you're breaking... If you're really boiling it down, Doctor Who is not a person. I don't think that they get reborn, necessarily. I do think that it is...
1: Like, you think it's like a title that gets like passed on? En- like
0: a soul, okay. le- sort so of say. But... So there's a book that came out a couple years ago called Every Day. I'm forgetting the author of it right now. But the, the premise of the book is that there is a person who every day wakes up in the body of a new... of a different...
1: It's like Quantum Leap.
0: Like a different living person. But they wake up having all of the memories of every other person that they were before. So I imagine that Doctor Who is not unlike that... Okay, where it's every season, every couple years, decades, however time works in that show, it is this same person but different person. If that makes any ounce of sense. Okay.
1: Well, I want you to hold on to that as we watch through, um, just to see how how you how you feel it compares. I'm not going to spoil uh-huh. any of it for you. I don't no. want, and I know there are some people who are you know really intense Doctor Who fans that are probably really mad that I'm not jumping in and like telling you about it but I want that but that's what the experience of this is I want it to be uh, revealed to her and I can reveal uh maybe more pertinent information as it comes along that's not that's not given in the episode itself so let's do one last uh guessing game here uh-huh the very first episode of this uh brand of this new revived Doctor Who series 2005. is 2005 it's yeah 2005 it's called Rose, okay, just that one word, Rose.
0: So that's per- that's a person.
1: It could be it, like I'm not gonna tell you what it is.
0: But as a Steven Universe fan, Rose is heavy. Okay, <laughs> is this somebody's mom? Is this somebody's like alter ego? Is this? The Doctor Who's buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who's special friend.
1: So why why don't I let you uh why don't I let you guess? You tell me what you think.
0: Special friend. The, That's
1: my vote. You think Rose is a special is yes. is, is the doctor's special friend? I do not friend? think it has
0: anything to do with the flower. I'm No, I'm not wrong. It has nothing to do with the flower. It is a person.
1: <laughs> Alright, well we will find out together uh, if she is. One, correct about the show's premise, and two, correct if Rose is a person. uh, Here after this quick break, where we don't have ads, so I'll just say that I love you.
0: No, you don't. You don't know these people. Nobody's listening!
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we are back from uh... uh, Doctor Who... Not season one, series one, episode one. Series one. I don't episode know if this is. Spe- I can't. I've never been able to confirm if it's called series one because that's a new UK formatting where they don't use seasons, or because they don't want it. They want to differentiate it from classic Who, because classic Who is called season one. But, but that's all the way back at the black and white days in the 60s.
0: Ye old black and white days.
1: <laughs> Alrighty, so let's just...
0: Hachi machi. <laughs> well, let's... Where do we start? Uh, I was correct. Rose is a person, not a flower.
1: Yes. Uh, I was going to just ask, in general, what was... Uh, what, like, just general overall positive, negative vibe. How do you feel about it?
0: Uh, I absolutely do not like the mannequin. <laughs> so... Absolutely... No.
1: <laughs> so they didn't actually say their name in this one. The mannequins are a uh, are an alien species called the Autons.
0: Even worse. Uh,
1: they are controlled by the nesting consciousness, as you saw. But they, have Disgusting. O- they are a classic villain from back in the third Doctor's era. So it was in the, I think that was 1971. It was either 70 or 71. So
0: these bitches have happened before?
1: They've only happened twice before. <laughs> They haven't been on TV since 1971.
0: They will never be on TV again. Uh,
1: well, let's let's start at the top then. Uh, let's get what what was your first thought specifically about uh, the Doctor <laughs> Who theme? Because uh, it's your first time really hearing that.
0: <laughs> My only note is space so big, <laughs> <laughs> which I I suppose to translate um, from Cassie notes is it was just when i imagine if you were to sit a if you were to sit a monkey down at a computer and say here monkey what do you know of space make a sound (laughs) and it just kind of slapped on the keyboard and made uh made something that sounded like music that is what I, I think that this is.
1: You're specifically talking about the down, 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 like that, like that, like... It was
0: just so very Tomorrowland, like, just hyper, like, neo-futurism.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, because it's the, it, what you because heard... it
0: sounds, I, I'd imagine that even now, like, even, I I could be wrong, I probably am. I'd imagine, though, that even, like, current Doctor Who... Sounds not far off from this. Well,
1: that's the thing is that that theme has always stayed. It's been it is that has been the theme song so since I'm the 1960s. Correct. Yes. Um, but it used to basically be played by, you know, I think it, I think it was like an electric piano and a theremin. And now it's Murray Gold and he's got an, he's got an orchestra with him. So he's got more.
0: I was confused at that there didn't really seem to be any kind of like jingle like there wasn't any Clear hook. It just felt very nebulous.
1: There isn't a lot of that right away. I will tell you that it does get more of that as it goes, and I think part of that is Murray Gold, who is the who's he's the composer mm-hmm. um, for for the music. Now,
0: or has he always been the composer?
1: Uh, he's the composer for the majority of of the new series. He's not God. always been the composer, um, but he was the composer up until uh, the thirteenth Doctor started. 13th is how um,
0: far away from where we are now?
1: Uh, it is several years. So we're talking, I think it was, I think it was maybe 14 to 15 years of the show. Okay. Before he, you know, handed the reins off to somebody else. Um, and I say that because not every year was a season, so I can't keep track of the math perfectly in my head of when he left. Um,
0: so just for clarification, this doctor, this is... N- this is not considered
1: the first doctor. No, this is the ninth doctor.
0: Okay. Okay, that makes way more sense. Yes,
1: it is. Yes, the... Um, he is he is the same doctor as, as the doctors were in all in, in all the show from the 60s to 89. He's also the same doctor that was in the TV movie that I mentioned. They kept him in the canon despite him only getting like an hour of screen time. Um, hmm. we'll, we'll probably get to that. There's a point where we might get to some of him... Uh, just because I think you might, there's some interesting things for him. I I also really like the visual for, like the thing that the visuals for this era of the show's intro are really like simple, are simple, but effective.
0: I'll use the same term that I used before. Very nebulous, but I think that's kind of the point. Yes. It's not planets. It's not specific stars or moons. It's just, if you were to barf, if you were to make an AI generator barf out space, that's what it looks like.
1: <laughs> well, that's sort of a way of putting it, because what you're seeing isn't really space. Uh, at the end, at the end of the episode, he tells you that it travels in both space and time, and so the, what the Tard what you're seeing there in the beginning is the Tardis traveling through that vortex of space and time.
0: So it's kind of like. Um... Uh, like a black hole, almost? Yeah,
1: more sort of. That's sort of why it looks like... I I, I imagine that is why it sort of looks like this warped light effect.
0: <laughs> it looks like a uh, screensaver from the early 2000s.
1: <laughs> you know, not wrong.
0: Oh, what was that one thing? Uh, I know that I had it on my e-machines computer, <laughs> where when you were listening to music, you could, like, press a button. <laughs> not a vibe maker, but that's basically what it was. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was just like, here's nebulous shapes and sound or is sounds and motions and textures for you to, to <laughs> vibe out to with your music. That's what it reminded me of. Nice. I need to stop saying the word nebulous. That's it. Those <laughs> three we're done. What do you, why
1: do you keep bringing up nebulas in this show? We're space <laughs> travel. No,
0: no, no reason.
1: Um, so you were correct. Uh, Rose is the name of... Uh, This doctor's companion Rose Tyler
0: So she's the companion then For the rest of this Section? Series? Are we Let's decide now Series, season, or section
1: Um Well here's the interesting thing Doctors Will leave And companions will leave And it is sometimes at the same time But not all the time so the answer is Rose Tyler will be the doctor's companion for a time.
0: Ugh. So stupid. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm on board. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Fuck it. <laughs> and uh,
1: she, you know, she's doing a very like basic 19-year-old girl thing. Oh my
0: God. It's like it's so. she's fine. Yeah. And that's all I could say is just not forgettable necessarily just mm-hmm. because like there was a point at the very end of the episode where she swings in on a chain and she references winning the bronze for gymnastics or something like that. When
1: she was under seven. Like that's it's partly a joke. She won the bronze medal when she was a child, a literal and, child. And so
0: there was a part that's like, okay, cool, we're establishing character, but beyond that, all all I know is that she is generally kind of curious. And just a little stubborn.
1: Well, here's the here's the funny thing uh, also is that she at the time was not really known as an actress. She was a pop singer in the UK. OK, cool. She did give
0: me very vague Hillary Duff vibes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I, I kind of agree with like that. Like Hillary
0: Duff meets. Um, oh, my God. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. That's okay. the person.
1: I, OK, that's an interesting pairing. I don't disagree, um, but she's just, you know working in a shop she has to take some money she has to take the lottery money down to her boss and then I she did
0: i did appreciate the fact that like from what you said this this show futurama itself where it way? was it was gone for a while and then people didn't know if it was coming back or not and then mm-hmm. it came back yeah and i imagine people were thrilled but what what I did like is the very beginning you do, it does set the tone of here goes the TARDIS flying itself through space and time. But now we're looking at just a girl in her very colorful, bright bedroom, just living her life, doing her job, spending time with her boyfriend. It did set and establish a sense of like security and familiarity. Yeah. So it did feel very much like a we like the producers knew we have people that are already going to be invested in the show because of the history prior to but this is also our way of roping in people that might not know and might not care we're going to give them somebody they can relate to yeah you've
1: got this um, um like she's not given a whole lot of i mean she she does have some character to her but she's not made to be so specific right away she's
0: she's not a archetypal like she doesn't have any defining she's not a goth she's not preppy she's not yeah she's not anything she just kind of is yeah
1: she's she's a she's average she's
0: painstakingly normal (laughs)
1: yes um and then she has to go down into the basement where
0: where things get weird things get
1: i enjoy all the little like uh You know, mid-2000s horror TV spooky noises. Oh, those
0: are my favorite. Just
1: little stings of uh, piano or string.
0: Can I ask us to get a keyboard where we can program those sounds (laughs) for me to carry around and just play like a... Anytime things are a little scary...
1: Well, speaking of a little scary, I'm remembering uh, when they walked in, you had a reaction to just seeing a room full of mannequins. the
0: fact that the mannequins had such thick necks, I went, there's a person inside of that. (laughs) There is no way that these won't move simply because I know how mannequins should look, and that is not how
1: they look. I just remember you being like, oh, no, are these mannequins going to (laughs) move? And I had to sit here. (laughs)
0: It was the specificity of the thick necks and the beefy hands. And I went, there are actual human hands in those gloves. Uh, Uh, In my notes, I wrote big nope. Thick mannequin with three C's.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, she does manage to get away from them when a mysterious man in a leather jacket uh, arrives.
0: Which I wasn't expecting the leather jacket. Because from from what I understand of Dr. A look that I've become very familiar with is like a very long coat and a scarf and a bow tie.
1: Yeah, I mean, most most doctors are generally pretty,
0: but it's colorful. The long coat that is always the image that sticks with me, which
1: is interesting because there's really only a couple of doctors that do that. Uh, It's really just four and seven were like the historical doctors that did that. But four and seven are two of the most popular ones. Mm-hmm. I could I could show you their outfits, but we might just I might we might watch those at some point and we'll go we'll go with that. We'll see. Um but for now, but yeah, uh he's it gives off a very different air for, like if you're if you're a fan, he's giving off a very different vibe from past doctors.
0: It felt very much more modern cuz long coat scarf bow tie is very like timeless those are very timeless looks mm-hmm. and even the leather jacket you can argue is also pretty timeless cuz that is a look that you can wear in the 1950s that's a look that you can wear in 2005 and you don't look like you stick out of a crowd too too much
1: yeah it looks like he's almost trying to be you know someone that because you know i think classically we you, at least what you've seen is doctors sort of make a point of themselves like yeah they're doing timeless looks but it's also very like i'm i am dressed in a way that draws attention and this is not that
0: <laughs> i'm quirky
1: yeah. look
0: look at my long scarf and my funny little hat look at my <laughs> cool bow tie i'm not like the other girls i'm like i this. have a tardis i have a t- my tardis is a time car <laughs> It's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside.
1: Um, yeah, he... he, he like he, a Kia it, soul. <laughs> he manages to uh, get Rose out of the building uh, and then proceeds to blow that building up. Blow
0: the entire building to some marines, <laughs> baby.
1: Um, and, and Ooh,
0: wee. And, like, does not get caught somehow?
1: Yeah, he I He just kind
0: of disappears? All
1: right, that's just kind of what the doctor does. I mean, his his mode of travel does literally vanish.
0: Well, yeah, but it takes it a couple seconds.
1: Yeah, but no one's gonna run into it. No one's gonna know a building's exploding until after it's exploding.
0: Does the TARDIS... Can it explode? If it's near an explosion, can the TARDIS explode? Or is that just like an optical illusion and it's actually like a big, beefy metal ship? Do Uh, you ever see the TARDIS in its natural form?
1: there's a funny story about that. I don't, and I don't, I don't think this is necessarily a spoiler. So he mentions in the episode that it's, uh, it's a box from the 1950s. It's a disguise. It's
0: a telephone box from the 1950s. It's a
1: disguise, which sounds stupid. It sounds like it's a disguise. That sounds stupid. (laughs) So the reason why is the TARDIS, as it was originally envisioned would change shape to match whatever, uh, it would change shape to match whatever setting it was going into.
0: Uh-huh. Tardisans
1: are meant to have what's called a chameleon circuit. Uh-huh. Where it meant where it is meant to match the surroundings. And so when it dropped into the 1960s and there were police boxes everywhere, that was meant to be this is a very casual thing that no one's gonna pay too much attention to. But it became so iconic to the show, they decided to that the chameleon circuit's broken. And so now it's stuck permanently looking like a police box. There have been a, a few times in the history where they have like tried to quote unquote fix it and it looks like something else. Uh, one time it looked like a pipe organ.
0: Very inconspicuous.
1: Yeah, especially because they think of the pipe organ just landed in someone's driveway, which is uh-huh. particularly funny. Um,
0: Very not noticeable. Yeah. Good
1: <laughs> job, doctor. <laughs> and now it's it's sort of weird because the police boxes were a pretty common thing. But now they're just the TARDIS, like they've they've evolved. It's now evolved to the point that this public service mm-hmm. is now an iconic sci-fi thing.
0: Yeah, because I always saw that and thought, oh, what a silly looking phone booth.
1: That's kind of what it was. A uh, police call box was um, you if you could get into it and call the police if you needed someone. But also, police could arrest someone and keep them in the box.
0: Oh my God. That's so good. Yeah, this is what they <laughs> did before. Like,
1: you know, cars are super prevalent and, you know, police walk just walked around town. You're
0: on time out. Get in the box, get in the box. Get in the bags.
1: Yeah, it was like it you was got to
0: wait for your ride. Yeah, it was a
1: public service that has now become, you know, obsolete, effectively, <laughs> yeah, uh, that is that became obsolete in real life and has instead lived this life as effectively like a Star Trek ship. That's funny. After they manage to escape, Rose heads home, uh, and everyone is briefly concerned for her well-being. But it seems, in a, but they both seem, in, but both uh, her mom and her boyfriend seem concerned in very strange ways.
0: The 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 overall vibe is that they're just kind of ambivalent.
1: Yeah, they're 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 her a little self-centered.
0: Her mom's not not a narcissist. Yeah, but when her number one concern is, you can get money for this.
1: Yeah, it feels a little which
0: more... like. Yes, but also you should be a slightly more concerned about your daughter, likewise, her boyfriend Mickey's just like, "Oh, yeah, let's grab a drink," and she immediately goes, "There's a game on, isn't there?"
1: <laughs> Sniffs that out immediately,
0: like good for her for knowing that you know he can't schmooze his way into doing something that is <laughs> disguised to be a a kind gesture towards her, yeah, which also like. It's kind of shitty, but whatever. It's 2005. I, I was in the fourth grade. Yeah. I was painting styrofoam to look like a California mission. So <laughs> what do I know?
1: Um, the next morning, the doctor arrives. Um,
0: the doctor, is he autistic?
1: I don't know that they would ever spell I that out so specifically.
0: Big autistic vibes.
1: He's, he definitely... Uh, this uh, Christopher Eccleston's version of the doctor really likes kind of being a little shithead
0: cuz my yeah the he
1: answers a lot of things in like one word a lot of questions with like one word yeses or nos the
0: yeah the energy i got is uh that he's just like better than everyone
1: he he generally has the vibe of someone who is the smartest man in the room and is kind of bored by that
0: because like if you want the dynamic of him and rose to work you do need somebody who dumped all their stats into intelligence <laughs> and then somebody else who dumped all their stats into charisma
1: yeah that's sort of what happened um, but I, re- I really like a lot of his he, uh, like, uh, like when he comes in and, the mo- and, her, and her, her mom is like <clears throat> I'm in my dressing gown yes you are there's a strange man in my bedroom
0: yes there is where anything could happen no <laughs> he walks away <laughs> I just like the yes there is yes I am nope,
1: nope. <laughs> just nope right out of that very situation.
0: matter of fact which
1: and then he walks around and just starts picking up books and reading them immediately like he picked up a book and just read all of it just, mm, sad ending
0: there was a book that came out when I was in the fourth grade uh, completely unrelated but like it just reminded me of it. it was called Evermore and this girl is psychic and like she can just touch books and like know exactly what happens in it and uh, there's just a little part of me that went oh my god he's psychic <laughs> which I know he's not but it did it had that same Yeah. That's,
1: well, it, there's a lot of like he's so he's so smart he can just kind of read people at a glance like when he picks up the magazine it's like oh that won't last he's gay and she's an alien
0: which I also like that that did establish like cool, there are aliens in there's just kind of hanging out,
1: yeah, there's kind of a Because
0: I think I said that in the beginning that he's an you alien. had mention
1: you had mentioned unearthly things you had not been more you'd not been specific about
0: uh... I think my vagueness can be yeah, interpreted would... as a specificity at this point. <laughs>
1: So, I, I mean, I would agree. I would think that when you say unearthly things... Heck
0: yeah, two points. So <laughs> I'm keeping a tally. How many times I'm right?
1: <laughs> I mean, you still don't, You don't know all of what the doctor's up to, so we'll have to, pin, we'll have to put a pin in that No, for later. but I
0: do know that I was correct, not of this world, and that Rose was a person.
1: Yes. Um, two
0: points, baby. Keep a tally.
1: And then after, as the doctor walks away with this uh, plastic mannequin arm, uh, Rose basically tries to tra- trace him down for information and all he can really seem to describe himself as is as a person that, is a, that can feel the spinning of the earth <laughs> I can feel it the turn of the earth
0: the ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour and the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour and I can feel it we're falling through space, you and me Clinging to the skin in this tiny little world and we let go. That's who I am. Uh yeah, that bothered me just a little bit.
1: <laughs> in what way?
0: I don't know. I just there was a kid in my school into fourth grade. (laughs) Uh, No, but there was a kid in my school that I do think was a fan of Doctor Who because he was also kind of pompous and was like, I can feel the earth moving beneath my feet. And because me mentally ill but didn't know, it's like, yeah, I can also feel the world moving underneath my feet. When I spin around really fast. feel the earth move under my feet. Yeah, no, I would spin around really fast and be like, yeah, now I can feel the earth moving, but
1: it's just... Just you spinning
0: You know what I thought I was doing something Really cool and really scientific (laughs) Okay
1: So after the doctor Seems to to walk into his blue box And disappears Mm -hmm. um, She decides to start looking up information About the doctor and finds a man named Clive Uh, who...
0: Great name. Yeah, who
1: has been collecting... That's the name
0: of a weirdo.
1: (laughs) Who has been collecting these images of the Doctor from throughout history. He was there for the Kennedy assassination. super
0: real, authentic-looking picture of the Kennedy assassination.
1: the, the, The pictures where he's all, for some reason, making exactly the same pose...
0: I did like the little sketch, though. I thought that one was. Oh cute. yeah,
1: the before the the Krakatoa picture. Yeah. Uh, where he was mysteriously, I I was a little I'm a little confused as to why no one pointed out. Is he wearing a leather jacket in this yes. picture from Krakatoa? Yes. Because <laughs> it just felt it felt like that was something obvious that no that no that should have been pointed out, but they were like, ah, he, though it's weirder that he looks the same. <laughs> oh, he's just like that dude's guy. wearing a mid two thousands leather jacket. What are we talking about? I didn't
0: see his shoes, but I'm sure that they were also mid-2000s looking <laughs> shoes.
1: Meanwhile, uh after while they're while they're dealing with their discoveries of the do- of the images of this doctor throughout history, uh Rose's boyfriend Mickey was waiting in the car outside and chooses to investigate a trash can.
0: He doesn't choose to investigate a trash can. A trash can chooses to approach him, <laughs> which uh all I could think about yeah, is like there's trash.
1: just trash. <laughs>
0: All I could think about is there's just little family raccoons in there.
1: <laughs> it's just kind of what it looks like, just like there's something in it that's like rattling. Yes. But then he gets his hands stuck in it.
0: Now that was the one thing that I was like, oh, that actually looks kind of cool because at some points it did look practical, and then other points it just kind of looked like a trash can in a Crash
1: Bandicoot. A little, yeah, it was a little,
0: a little bendy, the, a, little, a little springy,
1: a little too rubbery. Like the light, the lighting on it wasn't quite up to snuff
0: again tv 2000s it looks that that was all
1: about budget it wasn't about like
0: it gets the point across so i can any of these types of things where it just looks a little goofy except for the thick mannequins i can forgive
1: well speaking of thick mannequins Mm -hmm. uh after mickey wrestles with the trash can for a little bit he gets swallowed up he gets swallowed up and burped out uh and then he's replaced with a a
0: classic zinger.
1: Yeah, a classic 2005 bit of someone burping.
0: Of a big old monster taking a having a little snack and then giving out a big old burp.
1: Um, <laughs> Original
0: the... comedy, right there, folks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after that, uh, when Rose gets back to the car, Mickey is in there, but he. Is looking a little, looking a little goofy. Him
0: have so much Maybelline, uh, mousse, Dream Matte Mousse Foundation on. <laughs> Maybe it was Covergirl. I ate that shit up. And not that foundation literally.
1: was not his shade. It, he lo- it was looking pale. It
0: was looking a little plasticky. It was weird. <laughs> um, I did also like the Crayola marker hairline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so choice. I mean, but it did serve its purpose of making him look not, like, yeah, a you, human you, anymore. you immediately
1: can tell. Like, the problem, the the only issue with it is you can so immediately tell, it's a little concerning that Rose can't immediately She's tell. She's
0: distracted.
1: Just, or he goes, pizza. Or when he starts driving his car along the road in a big zigzag fashion. It's a good
0: thing that there is nobody else on that road,
1: though. <laughs> Rose and Mickey head off to have dinner together, uh, where the doctor... Sneaks in as a waiter offering them champagne
0: that they did not order,
1: that they that they were very adamant they did not order. Uh, and then he pops a cork into Mickey's face and then Dr- he spits it directly, out. Into, his, yeah, directly into his forehead it goes, and he spits it out.
0: <laughs> I do appreciate, though, that at that moment, people did kind of start taking notice and like started to freak out because I hate when shows do that where something very weird is happening because I'm in a restaurant I see something weird happen I'm not paying attention to my party I'm looking at the weird thing <laughs> so I'm really glad that this one let uh, everybody freak out about the weird
1: thing and they they have to run away as Mickey uh decides to make his hands into big pizza paddles mm-hmm. and just start smacking stuff away uh, mm-hmm. they do man, they do lock a door on him to keep from getting to them but they don't really seem to, they don't seem to have anywhere to go though and so they walk into the the police box that we mentioned earlier the the uh, the TARDIS time and relative dimension in space what did you think about when you first saw the TARDIS interior did you have a reaction in to that?
0: my mind i feel like i've seen pictures of it it didn't i don't remember it looking that way does the interior of the TARDIS also
1: change it does
0: okay cool cuz i was like this looks way more like futuristic ancient in a way that I can't quite describe Uh, I did like the grates on the floor with the white lights blaring through them it was very very indicative of the time (laughs) I can name three shows right now that had the same lighting scheme
1: yes the TARDIS the TARDIS has changed interiors this is not this isn't even what the TARDIS looked like back then The um, the TARDIS has changed appearances many times Um, And it will change again. It doesn't change with every doctor. Um, I take that back. It doesn't change drastically with every doctor. Uh, Some Mm -hmm. doctors will change it a little bit. But for the most part, the TARDIS changes with showrunner (laughs) uh, more than anything. You know what, fair. The thing that strikes me about it is that it feels mostly empty.
0: Yeah, that was my biggest takeaways. There was lots of textures on the wall, Mm -hmm. but it was the same very repetitive, like, not trapezoid, like octagon sort of shape.
1: Uh, Just repeated all all around. The show at one point describes them as the round things.
0: Gotcha. (laughs) So lots of the round things. Lots of the
1: round things. Um, But yeah,
0: it just... I feel like when she walks in, when Rose walks in at the first time, there's all of this like green and blue light that's shining around. And then when she actually walks in, it's just very beige.
1: It's very. I don't, want, I don't know that I call it beige, but it, it feels very bronze. It's a very orange tint, and it,
0: there isn't any of that blue and green aside from whatever the unit is in the very middle. Yeah, of, the console uh, of itself the space. In, the, yes. in the center. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's Which where all the seems to come from. Which is also a bit
0: like ambiguous as to what that is and i'm sure that we'll get more explanation later on about the details of the the console but just kind of looked like it was uh doing beeps and boops and that was about it <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, there are episodes where it comes up and we'll dive into a little bit more as that comes up but then the tardis drops them off uh despite only having what appear to be some some rumbles it does appear it, it has transported to another part of London where Rose interrogates the doctor for a little bit of information. Uh, and one of my favorite lines that Christopher Eccleston ever has to say is when Rose asks him why he sounds like he's from the north. Lots of planets have a north. Which raises two questions, one of which being, what planets don't have a north? What did they have? Maybe they're flat. And two, does that mean on all, on all planets that have a north, that's what people sound like?
0: flat planet don't have north
1: just one. only have up and down <laughs> eventually, eventually they do find flat earth
0: <laughs> flat earth is real dude
1: <laughs> it's out there somewhere i ch- I, I want to believe
0: the truth is out there maybe
1: uh so they realize that uh in the explanation the doctors talking about the nesting consciousness and how it's yeah. it's sort of ejecting its will out into the plastic of the earth Um, but it it has to be using some dish and Rose points out that it's probably the big Ferris wheel called the London Eye right behind him.
0: The only thing that really bugs me about the like plastic is plastic is an inorganic matter and I, I was just having kind of a hard time wrapping my head around inorganic matter being able to transmit any kind of consciousness but you, That's extra nitpick. Yeah, it's also
1: it's. This is very like, if you're gonna get into if you if you you got to accept that Doctor Who will ha- has science that doesn't make sense.
0: Oh, it's just a little silly.
1: <laughs> it is a little. It's just a
0: little silly.
1: Yum. Well, they follow this lead under under the London Eye, and the Doctor uh, tries to negotiate with the nesting consciousness, uh, but the
0: and then here come the thick boy mannequins. The big th- them
1: thick boys uh, come up to. Put him in a in a full Nelson.
0: And then <laughs> everything just kind of stops. And that was what bothered me slightly. Is I kn- I know that there was shit happening up on the surface mm-hmm. with the gun mannequins, which, hey gang, did you know that all mannequins are
1: equipped <laughs> with guns yeah. in their
0: hands? Yeah, they're handguns. But, um, sh- <laughs> yeah mannequins have security guns built into their fingers
1: well i would I believe that is the conscious if the consciousness can pilot their bodies around, I would assume they can also reshape them in ways uh, to give them gun for guns this gun is hands. too
0: much you're to giving finger the, guns you're giving them t- that is such a funny joke. Oh my God finger guns that's actually hilarious.
1: Thank you. see now this is what i mean when you when you give yourself over. To doctor who you get it'll never things. happen
0: but I do appreciate now the finger gun joke
1: <laughs> but as you said uh, earlier Rose uses some basic gymnastic skills that she learned when she was under seven uh, to there's
0: a whole scene though took what felt like 10 minutes
1: it, the pacing of it is very weird I'm not going to say that that goes away but also it's a first episode there's some you're going to have some growing room and as far as first episodes go especially for this kind of show, you could do a lot worse.
0: Yeah. It did feel very much like, um, it did feel like you could stretch it out to like a movie, Mm -hmm. but I never, I, I was never sitting here being upset about how fast or slow it was going until the, the climax where everything felt like it came to an absolute screeching
1: halt. I think I honestly looking at it, I think it was that, the idea they wanted for it required a bigger budget, because of the because the climax as it was was just mannequins smashing through windows and people running away.
0: Uh, yes, shooting, yeah, shooting sh- people. Yeah, to,
1: yeah using the blasting their finger guns.
0: As far as we know, Clive is dead.
1: Yeah, I'm he's pretty, sure, I'm pretty the, sure Clive died. I think they straight up shot him. He's one of the
0: first people that gets killed. Yeah, he, he. The mom for some reason is still alive.
1: Yeah, so. I, I had to assume Clive is dead Cl- Clive not Clive no alive
0: Clive bye Clive, bye, bye.
1: <laughs> The nesting consciousness implies that all of its planets were destroyed in a war that the doctor fought Yeah
0: in. Lore?
1: Yeah there's lore
0: Is it lore that connects to the stuff that happened in with doctors prior to or is it omnipresent lore that's been happening since the first doctor
1: so, I don't know how much I should how much I should explain right now. I'll, I'll put it this way: the war he's referring to happened in that period in time when the show was not airing.
0: Okay, that that answers my yes, question. Yes, they have
1: they have decided that there was some there. The reason there was no story in those sixteen years is because the Doctor was doing stuff.
0: Okay, that
1: uh,
0: I'll buy it. Yeah,
1: um,
0: that tracks. There was a war, an intergalactic war, between good and evil.
1: Are you trying to imply something with your? I don't know if I, you can't see her face, but she's <laughs> looking at me right now with like with a mischievous look Zach, in her eyes.
0: Zach, he was supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> he was supposed to destroy the Sith, not join it. <laughs> I'm not not saying that that's what was happening during that time, but well, I mean
1: we'll find out. As I will tell you, we will find out tracks. more as the show
0: goes on. <laughs>
1: um, and the so like we'll oh. he was his brother. He like his brother had a high ground though. brother <laughs> did have high ground. And so the doctor drops off or rescues Rose and Mickey, uh, in the TARDIS and drops them off into some random alley. <laughs> yeah, Mickey's uh,
0: just being kind of a wet blanket.
1: Yeah, he, he immediately is, like, just kind of a scared little kitten. It's like, he's a big, scary man in a box. But yeah.
0: then she also calls her mom, has her mom answer, and it's like, don't leave the house, and then she just kind of hangs up.
1: I think she just wanted to make sure her mom was okay. She didn't really care about her opinion after that.
0: Well, yeah, but, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I...
0: I feel like in that moment, then, she's already made her decision about what she's going to do.
1: Well, that's the interesting thing about her decision. At first, she says No the doctor offers her uh, offers to take her around and she says
0: no scholarship to space yeah
1: she says no at first until the doctor comes back and says it also travels in time
0: what does she got to do what's her business in time yeah i was
1: going to ask you what do you do you have any thoughts as to what that might be about oh
0: my god well considering that from what i from what we see no father my like storytelling narrative is like oh she's gonna go back in time and meet her daddy Uh, Otherwise, if she was like me, I just want to go back in time and steal a bunch of shit.
1: (laughs) Like like Biff from Back to the Future?
0: Yeah. Give me an almanac from the future. Let me come back in time. (laughs) Bet on sporting events that are super out of character for me.
1: Cassie's out here really casting herself as a as a good person doing good things like the bad guy in Back
0: to the Future. Mhm. The <laughs> Trump allegory in Back to the Future. That's me. No. Uh I don't know. I think just based off of her averageness, burning curiosity, it's this it's this person who is offering her a chance of at a life where she doesn't have to work to make money to survive she can just kind of fly by the seat of her pants and live this adventurous dangerous lifestyle with this enigmatic humanoid person
1: yeah and uh, and you know one nice thing about being offered this adventure also when you get offered through time is that in theory he could drop you off right after you left
0: yep so you're not missing much Uh, I was just a little bit taken aback by, and it could just be because it's first episode, I'll be a little gentle. The dynamic between Rose and the Doctor feels weird, mostly because I couldn't tell, is she supposed to be, like, a teenager, or is she...
1: If memory serves, she is 19.
0: Hmm, gross.
1: She's a 19, like, high school dropout. I think I believe she said in this episode that like the boyfriend she had in high school convinced her to drop out and she never graduated.
0: But yeah, it was just it. I don't know. I I don't want to say it rubbed me the wrong way, but there is something just a little icky about effectively a child running away with an older man.
1: In a sense, yeah. Um,
0: It's just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Unless that it is supposed to be the dynamic of that of because she doesn't have a father that we know of, that I know of.
1: I mean, there's something very... How do I describe it? There is something very like... Not paternal, but I do wonder if there's a bit of like, I enjoy tra- I, I enjoy the idea of traveling with this man because he can substitute in a way for the father I do not have.
0: He's a a step-in parent considering the fact that dad gone, mom sucks. Yep. This is somebody who is interesting and cares with a question mark about me with a question mark.
1: Because I I will say that's another thing is it didn't seem like he was particularly interested in having her around at all until she saved his life. Yes. So I, I... while I agree. He, there, he there's... discovers
0: his her usefulness and at which point says, Hey, hop aboard my little box ship.
1: <laughs> so I do I do agree there is something very
0: Fly with me through the cosmos.
1: There's something generally kind of uncomfortable about it, but it's also the way it's set up specifically is less like I I'm trying to like scoop up this random 19 to 20 year old.
0: There's no chemistry, which I feel like is kind of a good thing in this situation. Yeah.
1: I, I would agree with that. There's, there's no, especially not now. There's no chemistry between them. Um, it really seems more like he. It seems more like he brought her on because he found a respect for her, and also, you know, the Doctor has been traveling with a human companion for most of his life. Uh, the Doctor has had, like, that's been the whole story. There's not has been the Doctor and their human companion or companions, depending on which Doctor it is. Um. So there's a certain level of, like, I'm getting back into the swing of things with Rose.
0: Aw, human pet.
1: You know, you won't. You wouldn't be the first time someone has said that, and some people say it in the show later on.
0: Aw, pup.
1: <laughs> who's, who's a good Rose? Who's Aww, a good Rose? Who's a good
0: little human companion? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, all right. So that was uh, the first episode of the first season of the new of the new revived series. Yay. Series one, episode one, Rose. Uh, overall, any last thoughts you want to give about it, Cassie? Are you looking for forward-
0: like that? The last words in it are just exactly.
1: Yeah. Where he goes, thanks for what? And she says exactly and implying thanks for nothing. <laughs> Like what a shitty thing to say to your boyfriend before you gallivant off to who knows where and when. Yeah, <laughs> it was a it was a little silly, but
0: uh yeah, I am.
1: But how are, so? Uh, are you? I,
0: I am immediately daunt. It's it's daunting to look at the catalog of what is before me, and recognize like. We're going to be at this for a while.
1: We're going to be at this for a little while. We will save a little bit of time. Anytime there is a multi-part story, we will watch both parts at once. So you're not having... So we're not having to sit and do... I will
0: still have to visually consume a lot of it. Yes, you will. And so far, he's he's not he's not my doctor. This one... Not my doctor.
1: Well, you're only uh, you're only the one episode into him, so give him so give him a little bit of time. No,
0: I've already decided who my favorite doctor is. Who is that? I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> Your
1: favorite doctor is myself. It's me.
0: Maybe. <laughs> I can wear a bow tie. Doctor
1: feel good. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman.
0: <laughs> Dr. Teeth. My favorite is in the Muppets. <laughs>
1: Well, we will continue to find out if this is her doctor or if there is another doctor for her out there. I
0: already told you it isn't.
1: Well, we'll, we we will see what happens.
0: What would be amazing? Ooh, get in the comments. (laughs) Who is my favorite doctor?
1: That's a good question. Uh, Anyone who's uh, listening to this uh, and following us on various social medias, why don't you take a quick guess, knowing what little you know about Cassie right now, who you think her favorite doctor is going to be. We will find out uh, more about how Cassie feels about Christopher Eccleston's Ninth Doctor. We will yeah, find out if man. he if he is her doctor. He's uh, not on the ne- on the next episode of Who is My Doctor? Who
0: is my doctor? Who who is my doctor? But at the same time, one, two, three. Who, who is, is my, my doctor? doctor?
1: That was weird. I don't want to do that again. No. <laughs> nope. Thank you all once again for tuning in. This is a post-pod Zach here to let you know you can follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky, or Instagram at Wimdipod. That's W-I-M-D-P-O-D. You can find our future episode of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, presumably everywhere you get your podcasts, if I can figure all that out. If you like the show already, please share it with your fellow Huvians, and if you can, leave us a like, a review, five stars, whatever the algorithm gods demand and sacrifice. Thank you again for listening, and you can hear more from us right now. While we will normally be releasing a new episode every Tuesday, for our premiere, we're dropping the first three episodes all at once. So we're ready when you are to come see the end of the world. That's, that, that's the name of the episode. The world's not... You're smart. You probably figured that out. See you there.